Welcome to The Good Chat, a good place to have a good chat about The Good Place. I'm Solene Hack. And I'm Kieran Craft. Uh, we're in a bit of an unusual situation because we have a hard out for Sully, who is going camping. <laughs> <laughs> so we're recording right now and later we'll bring in Anusha to have her say about the episode as well. It's like a time travel show. Yeah. You get to hear us at t- hear Kieran at least in two different points in time. Ooh, spooky. <laughs> How much will he grow and change in the intervening moments? We'll never know. Until you listen. Yeah, eventually we will know. That's the whole point. Okay. <laughs> um, this week we're chatting about Season 3, Episode 10, titled The Book of Dugs, directed by Ken Whittingham, written by Kate Gersten. Every week we start with a 30-second recap from memory, and this week it's finally Kieran's turn. I have done them. Yes, I was listening through the backlogs, though, and you have definitely skipped at least <laughs> once. So, buddy, it's your turn now. And the seconds start now. Okay, so we start with they, they've arrived in the mail room of The Good Place, um, and everything smells like their favorite smell. And then Nicole Byer comes in yeah. as, like, The Good Place's male woman, and she's amazing. She's perfect. Um, but anyway, they sort of have to hide out there because they can't make it through the door to The Good Place. So Michael goes and talks to the people from The Good Place, the committee, to try and convince them to fix the situation. But they're just too bureaucratic and they can't fix anything. Also, um, Tahani is trying to fix Janet and Jason's emotional issues. <gasps> and oh my gosh. Gap you left for us to talk about, but then otherwise, the other two storylines you wedged in the end that was pretty yeah. good. Um, I think it was good to focus on like the talking of the committee, right? that's like the plot, exactly, as opposed to and the then, real emotional, yeah, they're just relationships, who cares? Um, yep, and then Tahani trying to help resolve things between Jason and Janet, and and, and not doing a very good job. Oh, unfortunately but it's, it's, for her. it's also because, like, it's just emotional stuff. And, like, Janet and Jason are both not, like, the yeah. most mature people. And also Tahani is not... Is also not the most mature. The best. <laughs> None of them are really very emotionally mature. No, 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 no. That's why they're in... They... That's why we thought they were in the bad place, but it just turns out it's because they're human. Yeah, turns out capitalism was the real monster all along. Oh, Kieran got to see his line. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've said it about three different times because yeah. it's true. It is true. I was so happy. And it was so obvious that we didn't say it when we were doing all our wild speculations because it's not wild enough. Yeah. Capitalism <laughs> is, of course, the reason. Um, and then the storyline that we missed out was that Chidi and Eleanor go on a date in the yeah. mail building because... An actual date. Yeah. Not just like romantic pining. But yeah. Like actually... It was really satisfying. And like they were just allowed to be like happy together and have internal conflict. It wasn't like, okay, they're together now. We're going to throw external stuff at this relationship. And um, I really liked it because we got to see Chidi's character growth. Both of them. Because, like, like Eleanor had this breakdown where she was like, I'm so sad and I'm the happiest I've ever been. Yeah. (laughs) But then, like, Chidi didn't stumble. He didn't freak out. Yeah. And it's like... Um, Eleanor was emotionally vulnerable and Chidi was really... he, He was you know, saying not to worry and he was like being decisive and like living in the moment, which is the opposite of the original Chidi. I love living in the moment. Yay! It really does show though, like exactly what the whole premise of this show has been. It's that like she gets better with Chidi mm. and Chidi gets better with her. Mm-hmm. Like they fix each other's issues. Yes, the humans get better together because mm. that's what humanity is. Like mm. we are 
communal animals and we are better as a community when we isolate ourselves when we alienate ourselves when capitalism alienates us and disenfranchises us and turns us against each other that's when we're at our worst but when we come together that's when we're at our best or at least that's the thesis of the show i think (laughs) i also think it's interesting because like it is really that thing of like everyone is judged in isolation based on their actions Mm -hmm. but they're judged on those actions and the effect they have on the wider world Mm -hmm. but not like the way they interact with that world i don't know exactly what i'm saying but like it's like they're judged as though they are the only person having an impact and so like it's absolute and final yeah like they aren't alone they are part of a community so if they're doing something like they shouldn't necessarily be judged as an individual they should be judged as part of that community and potentially even relative to that community yeah yeah or you know relative to their own selves like out of all the possible good they could do Mm. in such a complex world you know relative to that how well are they doing or like maybe just weighting the positive points Mm. you know more heavily because it's a more difficult world to do good stuff i think that I feel like we're this getting into territory. To do. <laughs> we don't need to do. Deleting. This episode is brought to you by Fiji Tourism. <laughs> <laughs> what a great place to have New Year's and sneak onto resorts and watch fireworks and um, learn about culture and all this other stuff, all while getting a deep, deep sunburn. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Fiji, for hosting me for New Year's. Um, Definitely should pay me for this ad spot though, because I need the money. You had them. You had a Fiji Fiji tourism board. Fiji tourism board. We're preemptively doing an ad for you. <laughs> I'll be waiting for my check. Say, do you have any thoughts on this episode? Well, mm, perhaps I do. Here's what I want to talk about: bureaucracy and working within the system, and being yes. center left versus being radical left. <laughs> basically the whole okay so we never said how the end of michael's storyline kind of air quotes resolves he goes and talks to the committee but it turns out much like in the accounting department there are a bunch of rule following nerds who can't help them because of bureaucracy Mm. and they're like oh yeah we'll absolutely get off this problem we think it's really urgent we'll form a committee in 400 years who will then do other things for several hundred years and then in a thousand years eventually we'll get around to fixing this problem Yeah, yeah 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 And um, I wanted to talk about, like, the slow pace of change. Like, one of the quotes that the good people said is that we're the good guys. We can't just do things. And I think for a long time, I didn't understand the radical perspective. The radical perspective I'm defining as people who just want change to happen faster than the system can handle or faster than the system is naturally going to do it. And I think what Michael said is really important that they actually put in the show which is that and all the time that you're being a good person and doing things the right way and changing things slowly from within the system and following all the bureaucracy people are for real Mm. getting hurt people are for real suffering Mm. and that's the consequence that you have to weigh up in your head like is it more important to you that you you know make change slowly and carefully and make sure you don't do it wrong even if it means that all these people are suffering in the meantime, or do you aim for radical, big change in the hope that you'll alleviate people's suffering faster, even if it means that, you know, you're maybe not as careful. Yeah, you might not be as perfect and you might not be as careful. And that makes me think of a tweet thread I saw by this woman who 
spoke to a bunch of libertarians and was wondering like why they have the point of view they have because a lot of libertarians it's like the oh we need to abolish all taxes and we need to do this and we need to let people discriminate however they want because like personal freedom is the most important Mm, thing that's their most important value and she was like well if i was coming up with a policy like that my first thought would be what are the impacts on other people and if it's going to hurt people i wouldn't do it but like in this thread and it may not apply to all libertarians but in this thread she was like they think of it as the consequences aren't what is important what is important is the is the moral power of your action in isolation almost Mm. so thinking about like is this policy going to hurt someone is this policy going to result in people starving or losing health care or something like that that's almost an immoral way of thinking about it you have to take it purely on the action as though i think solly you said like my moral purity is more important than your pain like is my one action according to my values which in this case is you know personal freedom and if it is then i'm good no matter what the consequences are i'm cleared because i'm following my personal value and and it's almost like it's almost immoral to think of the consequences rather than the pure like moral value of your action and it's like no the consequences are what give your moral yeah weight i know it's which is something this show grapples with so well it's so strange, but I think it's like the epitome of individualism. It's individualism mm. taken to the extreme. And we're also talking about capitalism, mm. so it goes perfectly hand in hand. But it's, you know, that American libertarian idea. It's what is my individual moral black and white point? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like to bring it back to bureaucracy, like the idea there is that like we've set up the system and like changing the system is in and of itself seen as a bad thing yeah because it breaks the rules because it breaks the rules and like following the rules is like clearly what the good place have set up as their moral center yeah yeah, it's yeah. Like we're good people because we're people who follow the rules yes but they don't look at the consequence of their actions so while they are being very moral when they set up their committee they're making sure that there's no conflict of interest they're making sure there's no corruption in their committee mm-hmm. but the committee isn't the more important thing the important thing is the people who are suffering in the bad place yeah yeah, yeah. but they've lost sight of that because their moral value is focused on rule following it's incredibly myopic yeah oh my gosh i was reading this i think poem or um essay about um oppression i know so fun but it was classic solly (laughs) it was an amazing (laughs) metaphor it was talking about how if you focus on just the one wire of the cage you can't think to yourself why is the bird trapped the bird can just fly around this one wire of the cage and even if you sequentially look at each individual wire you still don't understand why the bird wouldn't just fly around each individual wire because on its own each wire isn't gonna you know get in your way so much it's only when you step back and see how all those wires interrelate that you can see the cage that it makes up and when you step back and see the system that's like keeping this bird inside then it's obvious it doesn't take any thought at all to be like oh of course that's why Mm. you know the bird is trapped it's and it like it like even if theoretically it is possible to get out of there most people aren't going to do it especially because like with that analogy like even if there was space between the wires mm. for the bird to fly out if you have 500 birds in there they aren't going to be able to fly out mm. and like that's sort of what why mm. you get like these civil rights groups and gay rights groups like there are the leaders that we look to like martin luther king who like even now are like praised by right wingers because mm-hmm. of how they worked within the system but it's like no, they actually didn't. Like, yeah. you get those leaders because they break out and then retroactively 
like we think that they worked within the system but only because they forced the system to change yeah so because this bird flew out we're like oh great see the birds were never trapped to begin with it's like no no this one bird got out yeah and now the birds are free yeah yeah, yeah, (laughs) or like now the birds are able to take action that results in them being free (laughs) even if they aren't automatically yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i don't know where i went with that (laughs) i feel like we may cut that out that was a nice ending though here's what i want to talk about and it's a Kieran classic. I want to talk about how amazing Nicole Byer oh is. Oh my god, it is a Kieran classic. <laughs> yes, because the actors they get on the show are incredible. Yeah. And Nicole Byer is so perfect for that role. She's so fun. It's probably like the cleanest her comedy mm. will ever be yes. as well. But she's so adorable. She does the, like... She does, She plays the, like, male person in mm. the in the good place. And she is just so genuinely cheery and, like, she doesn't, like... Even when they lie to her, so obviously, she believes them because she's a good person. Yeah. So why would anyone lie to her? And like, when Michael is posing these really obvious hypotheticals about how he's going to break the rules, she assumes that he'll follow the rules anyway. So she's happy <laughs> to tell. And it's like, so cheery and happy. When she tries to shake her fist, it turns into a, a wave. It's so cute. I love her like physical and her expressions. Yeah, she like her expressions are great. Her physical comedy is great. She's just, her voice, I think as well, is just yeah. perfect. And like, you could tell, like, even just from watching Nailed It, her show on Netflix, like, she is such a genuinely warm person that even when she, like, rips these people, <laughs> people's cakes apart on Nailed It, she is still, like, coming from this place of kindness and warmth, and it really shows on this show. And, like, I have to wonder, like, when did they cast it? Because yeah. it was so perfect. And honestly, I, I'm sad that we only get the one episode of I it. know! I wish we got to see more of um, male person mm. um, Nicole Byer. Just like we see more of Jason Manzoukas. I feel like they're the great character actors. Mm. And... That is actually totally a thing. It's like, we we don't really have as many character actors anymore. Yeah. But like coming up. But the ones we do have, they are on Mike Sure shows. Um, <laughs> they're on Parks and Rec. They're on Brooklyn Nine Nine. They're on The Good Place. Yeah. Because that's where they get these really interesting roles that aren't. Oh no, you have to be generically handsome Riverdale lead, or generically <laughs> handsome Gossip Girl lead, or bang, generically bang, bang. handsome you know whatever show Shots lead. Fired. What's that? But it's like there's so many shows out there where it's like they don't do anything interesting. Mm. Whereas like. By in like by intention in Mike Show shows, like he writes the weirdest names and like descriptions that have nothing to do with like the Yeah, kind they of get to be absurd. Like I feel like the Oh my gosh, I'm gonna be so annoying, but like the comedy now it's a lot more absurdist and a lot of mm. the comedians are a lot more absurdist and mm. the Mike Show shows like allow um allow them to play into that i think there was this whole thing a little while ago where like oh comedy's getting nice now like i think it was post parks and recs or something and it was like you can't just be an asshole for laughs anymore you can't be a racist a misogynist a whatever ist because now because now we realize being an asshole isn't it's not funny it's It's not not funny it's it's not not controversial yeah exactly being a dick is like the easy way out it's like all those people who are like, oh, you hate me because I say controversial things. And it's like, no, you don't say controversial things. You say things that are really commonly said in like 
rural homophobic racist exactly. areas or like just among super rich people who don't like yeah. give a crap just about humans just because it's rare in this circle doesn't mean that you're unique and interesting it means that we've deliberately created a circle that's free from this bullshit <laughs> bullshit Bullshirt. and you're bringing it in and so like now comedy has to be you know has to find other ways of being funny and they do that by being really self-effacing and by being really absurd and by being really like sweet and weird and like off the wall and it's and not, those and not to say that you can't like thriving. say semi-mean things and have it be funny like again to bring it back to nailed it like <laughs> a lot of that comedy comes from the fact that these people have failed so tremendously yes. at this thing that it is <laughs> hilarious and it's not being cruel but you are like talking about how ugly that cake is or whatever that's the difference you're not being deliberately cruel you're saying mm. things as they are but you're joking with the people you're not like oh these people actually think they did mm. a good job no you're on the same side making fun of the cake together <laughs> it's like sort of a classic thing like you can be mean to your friends but if someone else is mean to your friends then you'll like get in their face because if I'm mean to my friends it's coming from a place of friendship and a joke and like they know it and I know it yeah Karen sure they do <laughs> it's it's always fine when you it's do it. It's always fine. <laughs> Say it's fine. <laughs> no, but it's like, um, it's you know how to joke with your friends mm. as well. You know where the line is. But when other people do it, it's always a feeling of like, oh, when are they going to step over the line? Mm. They don't know me enough to be able to make these assumptions. Like, it, when it, we don't have that intimacy. It's all sorts of boundary crossing. And that's no longer funny and you know the peak of mm. art yeah Bing. hey y'all it's anusha here oh this show it just never fails to just get to the heart of life and it just makes me so happy that with a sitcom like this it's not a sitcom is it Ugh, silly me with a TV comedy like this, um, we're able to really talk about the nitty gritty of humanity and it just is so incredible. So I'm going to get right to it. Here's what I want to talk about. Well, actually, I have two things I want to kind of talk about, but most importantly, um, I love how the show is just constantly hammering down the point of how humans and just well, humanity in general um, can't become complacent with just the way things are because that is not how you have progress. It's not how we have change and um, that's just not how our brains and humans just in general work, right? So you see this frustration in Michael who's learning more about human nature and what it's like to be a human um, as an eternal being, learning the, that change is necessary, change is so essential to there being a better world for everybody and um, no matter how good, how much good you try to do in the world, if you're not constantly thinking about um challenging yourself and the status quo as well then you become complacent to life and people 
of power doing what they want and that's just not who we are as human beings and that's not how they want the afterlife to be either which is so strange but I just love that we can talk about that through a comedy show I mean uh, Mike he's just an incredible human being anyway that's part one of what I wanted to talk about and part two I know that Karen already touched down on this but Man, these special guests, god damn. I mean, whew, what what show has casting like this? I can't even think of any other show, well, aside from other mic shows, I guess. <laughs> but, I mean, the way that they've cast Gwendolyn, she's exactly who you would expect a good place employee, not to mention a postal employee in the good place to be like, ah, just brings me so much joy. Um, and how each of the committee members are that ultra good place person as well. And you just see this whole other side to this world that we've been waiting and waiting and waiting for. And the only glimpse that we've actually gotten of that is Janet. And now you see it with so many of them and amplified even more and uh, it just is so amazing to watch and I will say it once and for all Darcy Carton is my favorite and Janet is hands down my favorite character because I don't know how she does it she is able to show all of these emotions and uh, just has so much nuance to her character and is able to make fart jokes when talking about intense anxiety emotions. Like, oh, it's just so great and I love her so much. And I love you guys so much. And thank you so much for listening to the podcast if you are still listening to us. Um, and hopefully we'll all be back together again soon. Okay, love you guys. Bing! This is the good news. The good news is that we're, we're living, living together. together. Platonically. Yes. Yay. Also with Anusha. Here's a message from her. Sorry, I couldn't record with you guys. I feel really bad that we couldn't make it all work on the week that we were going to have our first podcast and our new awesome flight together. But that's okay because at least I still get to see you every day, which is what we're here for after all. Okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> and also with a lovely fourth person who's yes. not on the podcast. Her name is Laura and she's in England right now. Stop doxing her friends. <laughs> <laughs> Laura H. That's right. I gave a last <gasps> initial. Sorry for the audio weirdness with this episode, but thanks for listening. That's been the show. Please like and share this episode. You can find us on iTunes and SoundCloud and you can email us at goodchatpod at gmail.com. Our old episodes are on our Good Chat YouTube channel. A big thank you to Jonathan Van Horn for composing our intro music. You've been listening to The Good Chat. Go do something, chat.